This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 2136. Should your teacher correct your English grammar? Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 200 million times. Are you feeling stuck with your English? We'll show you how to become fearless and fluent by focusing on connection, not perfection with your American host, Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, and Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, coming to you from Arizona and Colorado, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Today, we answer a question from a YouTube listener. As an English teacher, should you correct every grammar mistake your students make? And as a learner, should you really worry about being 100% correct with your grammar? Find out today. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed. As a business owner myself, I've learned that the most important key to success is having a great team. But it can be time-consuming, reading through tons of resumes. Need to hire a great candidate at your company? Why not eliminate the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so that you can connect with candidates faster. Just in the minute that I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash A-E-E. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-E-E right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash A-E-E. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Aubrey. How's it going today? I'm great. How are you, Lindsay? I'm feeling pretty good today. No major complaints. What is on our plate today for All Ears English? I have a question I want to start here. Have you ever had a teacher correct you in a way that made you lose motivation to learn? Oh, yes. My, I was traumatized by my, uh, let's see, middle school French teacher. <laughs> I was oh, terrified no. of, that's why I got so into languages because I did so bad, so, so poorly. It, my first like semester of French, I think it was, was it middle school? It was high school, middle school. I did so poorly. And so I got so motivated to actually be good at languages. And then I realized I am good if I study in a certain way. So yeah, I was very traumatized by that class. Oh, yes. Interesting. Was it correcting pronunciation? Do you remember? I think it was just really like not not very encouraging the way she would correct uh, you. You know, that's wrong. Go to the board, write it correctly. Just very old school ways of teaching. Yes, humiliating you in front of the class. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a really interesting question about this, right? Should teachers correct grammar? And if so, what? And and how does that motivate? So I'm excited to talk about this today. Yeah, I'm super excited. But I want to remind our listeners, you know, today's question does come from a YouTube viewer. And we do have a way, a different way to consume this podcast, which is on YouTube. If you love YouTube, if that's actually the way you'd prefer to consume this show, 
go over to YouTube and search for All Ears English. Hit that subscribe button right now. You'll get all these episodes. 100% of the episodes are now on YouTube from the All Ears English podcast, right, Aubrey? So yes, and you, you can, can leave questions right there in the comments, right? Or yeah. share your opinion, share your thoughts. We love to read the comments there. It's great. And if you learn more visually, you can see us here talking to each other, right? And our, and our gestures and our smiles. And it's just another way to consume the show. So Aubrey, I'm going to go ahead and read the question from Thanks. Ahmed Tarek. Uh, um, Ahmed Shalabi. Ahmed Shalabi. <laughs> yes. Ahmed Tarek. Ahmed Shalabi. Long YouTube from name. 7175. Okay, here we go. Hi, Lindsay and Aubrey. Thank you for the interesting video. I teach English to adults in Egypt. Ooh, Egypt. Yay. Um, my question is, if I hear my learners making this mistake with pronouns, for example, she's taller than me, should I leave it out in the feedback I give to them on their speaking or should I correct them? Some of them might say that they hear native speakers saying it. I'd really appreciate your advice on that. Thanks in advance. Great question, Aubrey. Yes, right. This was a recent episode, 2093, her and I, or her and me, your grammar questions answered. We shared a few mistakes that are made with these pronouns. And one that's a very native mistake was shared here by this student, right? She is taller than me. Accurate yes. grammar would actually be she is taller than I, but we don't say that. At least a lot of speakers in the United States make this mistake yeah. intentionally, even if we know it's incorrect grammar. Yeah. So the question for you know, today's episode is going to be great. It's going to be for our listeners who are English teachers, which we have a lot of them. And it's also for our listeners who are English learners and want to know what are the mistakes that are okay to make and what are the ones you want to avoid like crazy, right? Exactly. Right. And why this is going to be really interesting to talk about. And if you have a teacher that corrects your grammar a lot, if it's demotivating, what should you do? Right. There are a lot yeah. of... um details here. There's a lot today. But first, guys, go over and check out episode 2125, which just came out earlier in January. The title is How to Share Your Faults in English for Deeper Connection. We talk a lot on there on that episode about how people connect with human beings and we all have faults, right, Aubrey? We all have things we're working on that we're challenged by. And so how to share those in a way that's not too vulnerable, but does give people something to connect with. Absolutely. And this is so applicable because we all make grammar mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, if we can just admit a fault, laugh about a fault and continue to connect in English, yeah. we're going to enjoy language learning so much more. Exactly. So let's go first, Aubrey, to the perspective of the teacher to directly answer Ahmed's question of what should he do if he hears these mistakes? He knows they're wrong, but he also knows native speakers make these mistakes all the time. What, what, where do we go from here? We consulted with our team here. We talked to Jessica for her opinion on this too. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to Jessica because as a previous IELTS examiner, I was curious about which types of grammar errors IELTS examiners care about because yeah. it's very dependent on learner goals if grammar will be corrected or not. If a learner is studying the language as a major at the university or to pass an exam where grammar is scored, then yes, a teacher should correct them so they're aware of the grammar errors they're making. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, so for Ahmed, you know, if you're training someone for IELTS, if you know grammar is going to be important. And by the way, go over and check out our IELTS Energy podcast if anyone is taking the IELTS exam, right, Aubrey? Because 
there's certain ways to learn grammar for IELTS too that are not the same as everyday grammar, right? Exactly. There's strategies. Yeah. A lot of students focus too much on grammar actually, and you can mm -hmm. waste a lot of time when the other scores are actually easier often to improve, to improve your overall score. So we yes. share when grammar matters, when to, what to focus on and what you shouldn't be so worried about over there. Yeah. So check it out. But okay. What else, Aubrey? What else did Jessica say? What else do we think? What is our perspective yeah. here? Well, so because it depends on learner goals, if that's not the goal, if it's for general fluency, which a lot of you listening, you your goal is general fluency. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, a teacher should not necessarily correct your grammar because it can be very demotivating to be corrected a lot. It actually hurts learning and can um, hinder progress. You won't learn as fast if you're only focused on grammar errors, trying to be perfect instead of trying to connect in English. Yeah, we are all about connection, not perfection. I like the approach if we are working with a student on fluency, maybe there's one, maybe if they come to you at the top of the lesson and they say, hey, I want to work on prepositions today, right? Then maybe we correct only prepositions that day, right? Or only one kind of preposition, one example of using a preposition in a certain way. That's the only thing grammatically we're going to correct that day. We're still working on fluency and we are targeting one grammar point. But if we start correcting everything, we're no longer practicing our fluency. Exactly, right? And if teachers are correcting everything, it's interrupting, derailing the lesson. It can mm -hmm. make it very disjointed and choppy. And then the student will leave probably not remembering any of those corrections very well. So I love that idea. We often do that in our classes mm -hmm. to focus on one grammar point and then really help so that we can actually improve. Yeah, that's why I think it's important for our listeners to, when you think about your prep schedule, you ha you're adding in both trained professional teachers and conversation partners. You're not doing just one or the other because the conversation partner is not there to have a goal for the lesson. It's just a conversation partner. They're not going to focus in this way, but the teacher will. And so you combine both and you get the best of both worlds. Yes, absolutely. So this is, we have been focusing a little more on grammar this fall. A lot of our listeners write in questions asking about grammar. And I love this. It's great to want to know the correct grammar. 100%. And then the question is, right, when I'm in a class, should I be, you know, thinking about every grammar point being corrected on every grammar point? Or is that actually hindering my progress? Right, Aubrey, there's certain grammar points that are just uh, grammar mistakes that are just way more glaring. And Absolutely. <laughs> certain ones that oh, you're going to hear a lot of people making them on podcasts and movies, your neighbors, it's going to happen all the time. So it's probably acceptable. Yes, absolutely. We're actually going to share three today that we as teachers do not correct here in the United States because they're so common. They're so accepted by native speakers that often if you say it correctly, people will think you're making a mistake or it's just so accepted that it almost isn't a grammar error anymore. Maybe some um, real grammarians experts would disagree. This is where it gets a little tricky, but even those who are learning a language for college, for test prep. These are three errors that you don't need to worry about that native speakers make all the time. Yeah, and this comes back to knowing why you're learning English. If you're learning for human connection, which I think 95% of our listeners are, then you don't need to worry about these mistakes. And I would actually argue that if you're a native speaker or even a non-native speaker and you go around correcting people 
correcting native speakers or non-native speakers, when they make these mistakes, you're killing the connection. Okay. Absolutely. So there are, <laughs> there are times when saying it right or commenting on how to say it right kills the connection. So we have to know what our ultimate goal is. Yes, it can feel very judgmental or very condescending mm -hmm. if someone were to correct one of these errors, especially because you run the risk of correcting someone who knows it's an error and is saying it incorrectly on purpose because it's part of their regional dialect. It's so common. It's so understood that, like you said, it could really kill the connection. And don't worry, we'll we'll tell you when there are uh, mistakes. And that's for another episode, all of our other episodes that you absolutely shouldn't make. You should work hard to say correctly, but these are not those. <laughs> these exactly. are not those. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Aubrey, where do we start today? I think our listeners are ready. We're rolling up our sleeves here. Yes. The first one is the one that Ahmed mentioned in his comment. She's taller than me. And we shared the episode where we talked about this a little bit more, though the correct grammar is she's taller than I because of the implied verb. She's taller than I am. Right. I have only heard where I live. She's taller than me. me too. And this is because we usually hear the object at the end of a sentence, right? My cat sat on me, I, right? We usually hear me at the end of a sentence, so it just feels more correct. Right, and if you're really, really torn with this, if this really bothers you, um, there may be some listeners that are really annoyed by this, just say she's taller than I am, right? That's the way you can kind of avoid saying it incorrectly when you know 95% of people are not gonna have a problem with that, but if you do, just say she's taller than I am. Okay. That's a really good pro tip because <laughs> if you do say she's taller than I, it's so interesting how using the correct grammar there sounds a little pretentious. Like it you're really trying does. to intentionally use this very fancy, perfect grammar that most people in the United States don't use in day-to-day -day conversations. It's really interesting. We've talked about this on, on that episode and a few other episodes. We did one interesting episode this fall, Aubrey, on how to mirror who you're around and the way you speak your register and why that matters for connection. Right? Bigger words. Should I? Yes. Sesquipedalian. Right? That Sesquipedalian right. episode. Yeah. Check that out in our back catalog, guys. Super interesting commentary around connection and being correct. Yes, if you guys missed that episode and this sound this word sounds very foreign to you, sesquipedalian, it means someone who mm -hmm. uses big fancy words too much, right? So absolutely use yeah. interesting vocabulary, but it can be overkill. We can do it too much. Definitely go back and check out that episode if you missed it. Okay, so that is number one. That is the first grammar quote unquote mistake that pretty much 99% of native speakers are making. And so you are fine to go ahead and make that mistake. Okay. Yes. So number, number two. two is when someone asks, how are you doing, mm -hmm. right? Correct grammar would be to say I'm well, to use an adverb here, mm -hmm. but it's become sort of slang to answer I'm good. And that just means like, I'm fine. Everything's good. And this is so common that yeah. if you were to correct someone, if someone says I'm good and you say, right. don't you mean I'm well, that would really kill the connection. They might <laughs> even know that they should say I'm well, but they're intentionally making this mistake right. because everyone around them also says it that way. 
Yeah. And this is the one that I hear native speakers actually saying it correctly the most, I would say, between these three. Mm. I do sometimes hear people saying, how are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well. Right. But, you know, tons of people say I'm good. I say I'm good. I've probably said that on the show before. Not a problem. Right. Yeah, not a problem. And I love what you said earlier about some of this. It's good to think about should we correct someone? Because absolutely, exactly. you can say I'm well and you right. won't sound too, you know, hoity toity, yeah. too pretentious. Like that's that's normal. We hear both. But should but you correct I would, someone? Yeah. I wouldn't ever correct someone. Totally 100% agree. Do not do it. Just move on. If you really want to connect and connection is what leads to happiness, then move on with the conversation. Exactly. <laughs> what are your weekend plans? you know, tell me more about your day, right? Ask real questions. Don't get stuck in these things that really don't matter for your happiness in your career or your life. Right, Aubrey? Yes, especially where this is going to happen at the top of a conversation when you're first greeting mm. someone. And how fun for you to get deeper, to have a connection, have a great conversation. But if you correct their grammar right in the greeting, that's yeah. hard to overcome and then get <laughs> past this feeling of co having corrected someone. So yes. just don't do it. Especially if you're first meeting someone. What is that expression? You never get a second chance to make a first impression, right? right. It's so true. So yeah. Okay, Aubrey, we have a third here. What is it? All right. And I get, a, I get questions a lot from students about this. It's who versus whom. Uh -huh. Rarely do native speakers um, use whom anymore in casual day-to-day -day conversation, at least in the U.S. So an example is we might say, who are you talking to? And mm -hmm. correct grammar would be, whom are you talking to? Or if you don't want that dangling preposition, you could say, to whom are you talking? Yes. This sounds quite formal. And so in regular day-to-day -day conversation, you'll hear this grammar error quite a bit. Who are you talking to? totally acceptable. Most people won't realize you're making a mistake. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last week I was watching the movie, it was on TV, um, A Beautiful Mind. Have you ever seen it? A Beautiful yes, Mind? Yes, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time. The professor, John Nash on the Princeton campus, he had conversations with Einstein, um, lots of older professors from the 1950s. Maybe I would hear that there in that setting. Okay. World famous professors, yes. but that is An not academic. the setting. Yeah, but super, super like old. Okay, in the 1950s, 40s, mm. um, older people, right? This is not the setting that most of us are existing in now. All right. Right, exactly. And this is different in some, in, depending on the English speaking country you're in. We're talking about in the United States. These are very accepted mistakes. So it is a little tricky to think about, you know, um, when you're studying for an exam, when you're studying for college, you are likely going to learn these lessons. And in order to perform well, you will need to do this correctly. But if you're chatting with someone in the States, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, that's why we learn in context. So if you're practicing for an exam, maybe there's an oral exam, maybe it's not the IELTS, it's something else. Mm -hmm. Practice the right way. Know these for sure. Make a point of saying it correctly. But again, most of the time we're out in the world, we're at work. And again, we, we make a distinction on the show, formal for work, informal for life. These also go just fine for work. Right, Aubrey? Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. These are mistakes we make in the business world as well. And no one would bat an eye. 100%. What's the takeaway today? I mean, this is it, right? That's yes. knowing what, when, to, when to just go with the flow. <laughs> exactly. Right. And if you, know, if you do have a teacher who corrects your grammar a lot and it feels demotivating, talk to them about it, right? They yeah. might not realize, they might think that you want your grammar corrected constantly. And if that isn't helping you get the fluency that you want, definitely make it a conversation.
Yeah. And more broadly, you know, before you enter your next lesson, if you have a tutor, ask your tutor, what's the goal of today's lesson? That tutor mm. should have a goal, right? What is the goal? What are we working on today? If they don't say anything, then you bring that goal to them as an adult learner, right? A hundred percent. Love it. Yes. I love it. Awesome. So fun. We love chatting right. about grammar, but I love also really focusing on when mm. is grammar important and when should we not let it hurt our conversations? Yeah. As we said in that other episode, we love words, we love grammar, but we love connection more. So yeah. if you agree with us, then this is our philosophy here at Allers English. So check out our show on YouTube, guys. Hit subscribe so you can catch us on YouTube four days a week. All right, Aubrey, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.